0: Welcome, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to The Educated Investor. On this podcast, we'll not only cover current events, but also ideas to help you possibly maximize your social security benefit, manage your taxes, and overall become a more educated investor. And now, here's your host, Jerry Blakely.
1: Well, hello everyone, and a happy new year. It's that time of new beginnings, New Year's resolutions, and new hopes for what the new year will bring. And I'm feeling energized with the start of 2023, and I hope you are too. Well, today, we're going to put aside our normal topics of economics and tax and retirement planning, and we're going to talk about a different, but just as important, if not more important topic, and that's your health and how to make sure you have the best quality and longest retirement by living a healthy lifestyle. So I'm going to be joined today, I am joined today by Alana Bleeman, who who is a physician assistant who worked with family medicine, worked in family medicine for 16 years, and she spent the last 10 years focused on health, wellness, and prevention. And she loves to discuss and share the importance of staying healthy, especially as we age, and more importantly, how to do it. As a matter of fact, I'm hoping that Alana will help me set a few New Year's resolutions for myself by the time we end up with this podcast here today. So Alana, I want to welcome you and thank you for joining me today.
0: Well, thank you. I'm honored to be here.
1: Well, it's so nice to talk with you. And, you know, this is such an important and relevant topic. And everybody works so hard to get to that magic retirement time where every day is a Saturday. I always like to say, you know, plenty of time and plenty of money. Uh, and I know I've just turned, I'm, I'm in my 70s now, turned 70, se- turning 71 here coming up in April. And uh, my darling wife, Doris, is just a couple of years behind me. And we have so many fun activities and travels and things to do, things we planned. And we certainly want to make sure we have all our health to enjoy the lifestyle that we've envisioned and, and planned for. So I, I know it's very, very important to, to many of our listeners here today who are thinking of retirement planning and retirement times and so forth. So, Alana, can can we start off by you sharing with us how health became such an important topic to you and and what it means to you?
0: Uh, Well, thank you. And and I want to start off by introducing the concept of a health span, right? We talk about our lifespan, but on piggybacking on what you were talking about as far as enjoying your retirement is we really should focus on our health span, and that's the period of time in one's life where we're free of chronic diseases or any sort of ailment that interferes with our quality of life. And it's funny that we're talking about uh, retirement, per se, because one of the big things I say to patients is everybody's focusing on saving for retirement, 401k and, and whatnot. But if you don't have your health, what good is it going to be?
1: Exactly. hmm
0: and and there's a lot more things that we can do to support our health than we're necessarily led to believe, as far as what we do along the way really matters. And having been in family practice for 16 years, I felt like the majority of patients would come in and say, nothing's wrong, but something's not right. And I do their blood work and say, oh, ah, within normal limits, next. And that's kind of how it went. And here's another medication and so forth. And then As I started getting older, all these weird things started happening, but I have a strong family history of diabetes, and I was waking up to go to the gym at 4.30 in the morning. I was doing marathons, triathlons, and gaining weight, but my sugar started going up, and that made me question, what is going on here? Because I don't know what else I can do, and I had crossed paths. He had actually been a heart surgeon. And he said, humor me, go to this conference on health optimizations, hormones, wellness, and tell me what you think. And it was literally like a love, aha moment when I realized, look around, or our system's broken, the medical model is broken. Yeah. And we're doing the same things that we did hundreds of years ago when we were living different and dying of different diseases. So there's so many more things that we can do. To support our health along the way. And just because somebody's been diagnosed with diabetes doesn't mean, I'll use that as an example, that it's all downhill because a lot of these things are actually reversible if you have the right information. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what led uh, me to figuring all of this out and seeing that some of the things I was taught in school and that we see everywhere is actually not accurate or doesn't support our health in the long run
1: so you had that very very personal experience yourself and that got you very um attuned or your your, your antennas are up to focusing on this concept because it mattered to you and your your own health span your own lifestyle
0: exactly and mm-hmm. and to be honest also watching my parents um mm-hmm. and their health I feel like uh like I said they're both diabetics and they're too young to have to deal with some of the stuff that they're dealing with and that was another great inspiration.
1: Well that is a very good good personal story. So, you know when, when we talked briefly before we started the recording here today, you you mentioned to me something called you, you called it the five pillars of health and I thought that was pretty cool because it reminds me of um, I, what I call the five key areas of financial planning. And I always use that five key areas of financial planning. I like to discuss that with my listeners here on the on the podcast and, and with my past clients when I was a financial advisor. So I don't know, could, could you share with me more about what these five pillars of health are, what they are, and, and, and why they're so important?
0: Okay. And and again, for the sake of our time restraint, we're going to keep it at five. We could break it down even further, but the main ones are going to be nutrition or diet, stress management, sleep, exercise and movement. And a big one is having a bigger purpose than ourselves, having a reason to get up every day, being part of society and uh, being part of a community.
1: Well, let me let me see. while you're talking, I tried to take some notes, so I'm going to slow it down a little bit. It went pretty quick. And I'm hoping some of our listeners who are, you know, excited and paying attention to this concept might want to take a note, too. But the first one was nutrition, what we eat. The second was stress management. I'm dealing with a lot of that in my life.
0: The thing about stress management is in our society, you're considered a rock star, right? The more stressed you are, the busier you are. Yeah. But if our body's stuck in a physiological fight mode, it has significant health ramifications from everything mm-hmm. from blood sugar issues, uh, increasing our our risks for mm-hmm. heart disease, Alzheimer's, things along that line. So it's a bigger deal than we often think.
1: No, I, I, I completely agree and understand. But nutrition, then stress, number three was sleep. Number four was movement or exercise. And then the and then number five was having a greater purpose, having a purpose in life. So let's go through each one. And you can we've got about five hours today on this podcast. So you can spend- oh
0: nice. As I said earlier, nobody in my house listens to me. So I get really happy when somebody <laughs> actually wants to hear. <laughs>
1: Okay, we don't have five hours, but let's spend a few minutes on each one. So how do you wanna how do you want to go through these five pillars? You wanna um, like you elaborated a little bit more about stress? You want to go through each one and just and, and let our listeners sure. uh more detail behind those.
0: Sure. So let's start with diet or nutrition, because that's kind of um, a big one. Mm-hmm. And before I say anything, I wanna say that nothing is one size fits all. Because we all come to the plate with different genetics, different pre-existing health conditions, stress levels, all different sorts of things. So these are generalizations. So as a general rule, I would say regarding diet is if it hangs, grows, or lives, eat it. If it comes in a box or has a barcode, try to minimize it. The problem really, if there was one statement that whether whatever school of thought you subscribe to that everybody would agree on is the real challenge is processed food, Uh is avoiding processed food. Okay. And unfortunately, fat got the blame for what actually sugar did to us. So when we were told you know, low fat and, and, uh, fat free error was in. And I used to joke that we were the fattest fat free family on the block (laughs) is that that was when diabetes and all these cardiovascular diseases, the statistics started skyrocketing. And so, um, we really want to try to eat a whole food diet. And again, avoid extremes. In my personal experience and professionally, when people go too hardcore, it tends to not be sustainable. So even listening to how do you feel after you eat something? Are you exhausted? Do you have heartburn? Things like that. Then try not to eat those. If you're going out to eat and you know you're going to have a glass of wine, maybe skip the bread. I mean, obviously I'm going to say skip the bread no matter what, and limit the, the um alcoholic beverages. But again, we're we're working on making slow and steady changes. That's what's going to lead to permanent improvements.
1: What's the correlation? What's the mix between those um you know skipping the bread if you're having an alcoholic beverage?
0: Moderation. Because if I were to say no bread at all, no alcohol at all, which is I would love to say I don't think that's doable for the majority of our population, particularly if somebody's eating a diet with a lot of that. Right. And so small changes, you know, success begets success. Mm -hmm. So if all of a sudden you're used to going out and and having wine and bread baskets and all of that saying you can't have any of that. Yes. In the ideal world, I would say that. But is that sustainable? Because a lot of times if you cut everything at once, then we end up rebounding and then eating everything, you know, in a, yeah. a month later.
1: Yeah. So moderation makes sense. And So what about, you know, maybe as, as people age, adding, adding a particular type of food to their diet that they didn't eat before because they're getting older?
0: I'm really focusing on fat uh, proteins, fats, and vegetables is important. And don't be afraid of fats, healthy fats like olive oil, cooking with um, you know, coconut oil at mm. higher temperatures. And another big one is trying to avoid snacks because uh, a lot of us are insulin resistant, which means our body's not responding to insulin as well, resulting in high blood sugar. And that's what triggers Again, Alzheimer's, heart disease, all of those things. And a lot of times the disease process starts 20 years before the symptoms occur. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so if we're always eating, our body's getting desensitized to the insulin, similar to when a new song comes out on the radio and it's on every radio station and you can't stand it. And then you don't hear the song for a while and then you like it. That's what we want to do with our bodies. Okay. So by eating meals and ideally going 12 to 14 hours from the last time you eat at night to the first time you eat the following day is great.
1: All right. Well, I'm sitting here thinking of, of stress because encouraging a person like me to like to skip the snacks causes me great stress. So let's talk about stress a little bit. So so what can we do in a stressful world to, to handle stress?
0: that's that's a great question, a kind of a million dollar question because if I had that under my belt, my life would probably look a little different. But even being aware is great, right? And starting hobbies like I picked up knitting a couple of years ago because it was hard for me to sit because I felt like I should be cleaning, working, doing something as a mom, whatever it is. So finding hobbies is a great way to help calm our yeah. nervous system. Mm-hmm. Meditation um, is a great one, which is sometimes challenging for people to start. But even on uh, YouTube, you could Google guided meditations. Um, yeah. Exercise, walking, a big one is getting out in nature. Is is huge, and another one is really working on trying to say no when it comes to overscheduling ourselves and doing things that are going to interfere with our sleep. Because sleep, to parlay that into stress, is really when our body gets to regroup and refresh. And so unfortunately, with stress, sleep tends to suffer. So it's for me, it was easier to prioritize working on my sleep and aiming to get 7 to 8 hours of quality that's the key quality sleep which then helps with stress
1: yeah and and, and um I'm getting that feeling here, like I do in the in the five key areas of the financial planning, how one area connects to the other. They're all interrelated. And yes. change something in one area affects the other area. And the same thing with the five key areas of health here. And, and let's, let's go into sleep, because you talk about stress. And I think if you get more sleep, you have less stress and so forth. But you you tied in something about like from the last time you eat at night until you wake up in the morning is out of what did you say like 14 hours or something i forgot what you said well but-
0: let's start with 12 but even if you are doing only seven then let's shoot for eight okay. and then once you get that under your belt it's easier to go to nine mm-hmm. and and prolong it so that you're giving your body time where it doesn't have to deal with insulin and blood sugar and it has time to help our body because our goal is to be what we call metabolically flexible and that is when we go between burning fat for energy and sugar for energy. Mm. And if we're always eating, we're never giving our bodies time to get into the fat burning which is very healthy. And you mentioned something, it's not necessarily that sleep will lower stress as much as sleep helps helps us manage the stress better. Now, a hard thing for me, like I know the fact that we shouldn't eat two to three hours before bed. That Mm -hmm. sometimes is challenging. So for me, when I was first becoming aware of this, it was a lot easier for me to push my first time I ate later in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then as I started feeling better, then it just became natural not to eat before I went to bed because I would notice I would wake up in the middle of the night. And I just thought I was using the restroom or whatever. And it was really a blood sugar response to what I ate the night before.
1: Mm. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, look, let's go on to purpose. Um, oh, that's a big one. The big one. Yeah. How do you mean purpose? And let, let's talk about what, how, what that has to do with here, with with, with health and, and years and retirement. What, how do you mean? Purpose?
0: Well, I'm going to say purpose and being part of a community. A reason Mm -hmm. to get up every day, because there is endless research to show how that positively affects our brain, our nervous system, and other things that affect our health. And you know, even in the studies looking at how people handled COVID, that was a big problem because a lot of people were disconnected from their loved loved ones Mm -hmm. and uh, communities. And loneliness is correlated with increased mortality. And that doesn't mean about a partner. That means, are you getting out in society? Um, You know, every Monday night, I play pickleball with my father, an 80-year-old, and an Mm 82-year-old. And, you know, seeing how we don't have to stop doing the things we love as we get older or whether it be, you know, taking a class or going to the library or a community center.
1: Sure. Well, that, that's particularly particularly relevant to People who have planned all their lives and, you know, uh, accumulating money and and they're ready to retire and now they're going to be distributing that money because they have the time and they have the money to do what they want, but they don't have the purpose of getting up to accumulate the money. They don't have the the purpose of going to work every day. And I do think,
0: yeah, Uh sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I wanted to say that I think, and perhaps the uh, targeted audience for this podcast a lot of us are defined by our work yeah. and that was the reason we got up and I observed in family practice, you know, everybody makes retirement sound like sunshine and roses, but sometimes it's a hard transition because people are out of routine and really our society says you're successful if you work and you, you know,
1: sure.
0: have savings, all of those kind of things. And we don't really uh, focus when we're younger on, on other aspects of who we are and whether it be even raising a family, same yeah. same thing. And so even pre-retirement, starting to think, what does that look like? Picking up hobbies mm-hmm. and um, different things along that line is, is a great way to help that transition.
1: And, and I, I know, um, you know, volunteer work is important. It's a community community there, something you're volunteering for. Exactly. Something in your city or the church or something like that. Just um, having some reason that you are um, giving a positive impact on on the world because you don't have a the feeling of getting up to go do something important. So make something important. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And yeah. the,
0: it, the exchange mm-hmm. and the interaction, a lot of times, actually, even when you're, you know, when you're volunteering, it serves you as well.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh Well, could you share with, share with us, what are your views on exercise and are there, uh, what what kind of things should we be doing to stay active as we age?
0: That's another great area um, because it doesn't need to be extreme. Even moving more, like parking your car in the back of a parking lot, taking stairs, mm-hmm. um, really movement. I can't emphasize how important that is. We all heard if you don't use it, you lose it. Same, same thing. And uh, focusing also on balance is huge because um, that is correlated with things like falls and other things later on that end up um having a ripple effect on our health. So, you know, even walking 10 minutes after each meal helps to improve uh, insulin sensitivity. So getting out walking 30 minutes, and if it's not all at once, that's okay. I'm um, doing resistance training where, whether it be with bands or hand weights. It doesn't need to be extreme. Obviously, you know, going to gyms or playing organized sports and things like that are super helpful. Um, but what it looks like, depending on if somebody has an injury, you know, swimming is great. Um, I Another little hack is saunas. If people have access to saunas, that's a phenomenal way to A, activate your longevity genes but get your heart rate up and sweat, which helps us detox all the chemicals and unnatural things that we're exposed to. And so it kind of mimics exercising
1: um, oh, okay. and which is
0: also good for stress management as well.
1: So is that, is that sauna like the, um, the steam room kind of sauna? That no, no
0: actually dry saunas or infrared oh. saunas.
1: Oh, OK. All right,
0: and um, like biking, and the reason I'm not going to define what it looks like is because depending on different injuries, it's whatever you can do. And mm-hmm. what is your what are you starting at? If you have not been active at all, a ten minute walk after your meals is a great start. Parking the car far is a great start. If you're already active, maintaining that, or even when you're watching TV doing weights you know with in your in your TV room um just to keep that muscle mass which helps us greatly um with every aspect of our health as we get older
1: so it should be it should be something intentional much much more than just for a lot of people you know uh, a lot of older people getting up three times in the night to walk to the bathroom that's not enough walking
0: <laughs> exactly and and you know it's interesting yes. We know there's conditions like prostate and different things that make us wake up, Mm -hmm. but you will see, you will be surprised to see that if you focus on not eating or drinking alcohol three hours before you go to sleep, you might not wake up as much.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that myself. You know, with a new year, Alana, uh, always comes the excitement of, of, uh, of the ideas of a fresh start. And I don't know about everybody listening to this podcast, but most people like to set New Year's resolutions, but they have a real hard time sticking to them after a few weeks or even starting them at all. And and I'm the same way, I must confess, it's hard to do. But Alana, can you give me a few tips on how to set a New Year's resolution from, or New Year's resolutions, maybe several, from these great ideas you have that maybe I'd be able to keep or people listening would be able to keep some of these resolutions?
0: Well, absolutely. And to that point, the beautiful thing is every day you wake up could be a new year to make a change. So Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we have a stigma with New Year's resolutions and because we've oftentimes failed in the past, we go in with the mindset. Hopefully this year I'll stick to it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times those New Year resolutions are extreme. So making them small daily action steps that you could be accountable and is reasonable really research shows that that leads to significant change and sustainability in the long run. So, you know, picking, you know what, maybe I'm not going to eat bread for, you know, start there, or I'm going to focus on moving more. And what does that look like? Not saying, all right, I'm going to run a marathon this year if you've never ran in the past. So making them small and doable, I think is phenomenal. Um, personally, my is I'm going to focus more on doing more resistance training. And a big one, which would also help us financially, is eating out less. That was one of my big well, I say it every Sunday that we're going to eat out less the next week. So I'm going to use that as my new year's resolution this year. Oh. And another one is really focusing more on time and stress management and just working on a consciously slowing down versus shoving as many things I can in a day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So really picking something that resonates with you, right? There's a lot of information, but typically there might be one or two points that resonated with you. So picking that is a great place to start and success begets success. So starting small, I think is, is the key.
1: Well, that, that makes sense. And I, I I got a lot of, I think, great information and ideas, you know, from, from that right there. When, when I'm most excited about And talking with you, and kind of surprised to learn—I don't know—is the 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 concept of moderation and how these five areas coordinate. They interact with each other, like they do in the financial planning five key areas. But just uh, don't attack everything with vengeance, but do it with moderation. And pick the things that that you can change now—easy things that you know you can change—and think about how the nutrition affects the stress, affects the sleep, affects the exercise, and the purpose is the most important thing there. But uh, I know, I know. Um, you you've motivated me to to kind of set a few goals for myself in, in, in 2023. You mentioned what, what yours were. is gonna be actually getting back in shape for my next half marathons. I've done lots of half marathons and you know, kind you. of up. when COVID hit and I had real bad, I got pneumonia in both lungs and all this stuff from COVID. And you know, it's been a couple of years, but it's just been hard. Um, to get back at it. So I, I'll do it with moderation, but even if uh, my very first half marathon, I just walked it. It only took like two hours and 45 minutes of fast walking. I didn't have to run, you know, and you could, I, I could even do that again if I can't get up to, to, to jogging it faster. So, but the other thing would be to me, avoiding Coke in the soda drinks, um, I've really cut that out here right before the holiday started. That wasn't that hard to do. And I, um, if I do taste a Coke like today and I don't plan to, but I know it's not going to taste good because I'm not used to tasting it anymore. I've kind of given up on it and then drinking more water and less red wine.
0: There <laughs> you go. I'm- there you go. And I, you know, I should have emphasized water more and, and making sure we get the minerals and the electrolytes in our water hydration is huge.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: and I want to leave you with one thing where you said about uh, COVID and the pneumonia and it's taken you some time. That's really the other thing. The take home message is by focusing on these pillars along the way, our immune system, our health, we become more resilient so that when we're hit with a COVID, an illness, a stress, our body's a lot more resilient, and we bounce back.
1: Mm. Hmm. I think we, Doris and I have probably we we both got COVID. She didn't get it bad the first time. Her 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 sense of smell and taste were shot for three or four months. Everything smelled like, and tasted like propane of all things. Oh, wow! Uh, that went away. And my, um, it was a great diet. I lost about 50. I was just
0: um, going to say, right. Donuts aren't the same if you can't taste them.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. But we probably had a little relapse of, of COVID without going back to the doctor and testing and all that. Her, her taste has changed a little bit, you know, a couple of times and I don't know. You know, you kind of feel achy and cold like a little flu but it just goes away. So, I think the natural immunity has 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 helped with that.
0: But I think all the things you do to take care of your health uh-huh. is why you are able to bounce back.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just living the the trying to trying to manage these five key key pillars and doing it on a regular basis does make you less susceptible to to the things like COVID, but when you do catch it, you're able to bounce back a little quicker and easier.
0: Exactly.
1: Well, I want to encourage everybody listening today uh, to try setting realistic goals of moderation, you know, from today's call, uh, from what inspired you the most. And uh, I'd love to hear what you got if you're a listener today. What, what 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 are your what are your resolutions you're coming up with? If you if you want to email them to me, that would be great. I'd love to read them at educated investor at household recruit, householdergroup.com. Educated at householdergroup.com. Send your resolutions to us. We'd love to see them. So, Alana, thank you for sharing so much. And I wish you and, and 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 myself and everybody luck on what things we might do to improve our health and, and our listeners' health and our own health and our fitness goals for, for 2023. So, I want to thank you, Alana.
0: Yes, my pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for being here and sharing your great ideas. And I want to thank uh, all, of our, all of our listeners today uh, for clicking into this episode of Householder Groups Podcast the Educated Investor, and let's make this year the best. As I always like to say, onward and upward. Yes,
0: let's raise our water glasses to 2023.
1: (laughs) Our water, not our wine. Exactly, (laughs) Lana. (laughs) Well, I've enjoyed speaking with you today, and and, uh, I hope you and all of our listeners have enjoyed listening to the Householder Group's The Educated Investor podcast. And, And remember, you can locate and contact the Independent Fiduciary and Holistic Householder Group Financial Advisor nearest you at householdergroup.com. So, my friends, helping you onward and upward into and through the retirement years of your dreams, this is your host, Jerry Blakely, wishing you all the best. Until next time.
0: The opinions voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide. advice or recommendations for any individual, nor intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax or legal advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified tax or legal advisor. There is no assurance that the techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal.
1: This episode is for educational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical advice or otherwise. You should not base your health management on any content on this episode. You should not use this content from this podcast to treat yourself or others. Please consult your physician before making any changes the way you manage your health and or diet and exercise.